Hey, welcome to 12 Questions. This week is J.F. Harris. Uh, it's a great interview. He has deep conversations. He is a fantastic spiritual person, very calm, just very calm. It's just a delight to be around him. I, uh, let's see, stuff going on with me. Uh, I'll be doing another roast battle on April 30th at the Comedy Store against Alex Duong. Uh, Ice House in Pasadena on September 1st. 9 p.m. and the Comedy Palace uh, in San Diego on September 2nd. So that should be really fun. Uh, yeah, uh, let's do this. Okay. Hi. Hey. Hey, how's it going? Nice. Nice. Jay to see Harris, you. how's it going? Pretty good. I can't <laughs> complain. You've already been in my house for a couple of minutes, so I, it's always funny. I know. I know. It's like, how do you open? Like, oh, hey, I've just been uh, hanging out, and complimenting your place. It's a beautiful place. Thank you very much. Gorgeous. And two cats, I saw. Yeah, we got two of them. We got this, the uh, professor who's gobbling down a whole bunch of wet food right now, and then. Uh, <laughs> Zoe just also did the same thing, and she's on her way to bed. Oh well, there you go. You're an excellent cat dad. Yeah, I, I'm. The, I'm the. I'm the. Uh, they they came into my. I haven't had them forever. They were my partners, and then she. So when we moved in together, they became my cats as well. Did you like them when you first? Like, were you a cat guy well, when you I've, showed up to the situation? No, I was not. I've mm-hmm. always been a dog dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, a dog dude, and um, I'm allergic to cats. So uh, it's like one of those like I got to take Zyrtec every day. And sometimes when I come off of the road, Mm -hmm. like if I'm traveling for long stretches of time, like it can be pretty brutal when I get back. Yeah. Like my allergies can be nuts. Like my right ear has pretty much been clogged for like (laughs) weeks. (laughs) Oh no. Yeah. But I actually like do love these cats, which is kind of crazy because I never would have, I don't know if I like... I never would have thought of myself as like a cat person, but the this is probably the most boring thing to the people listening, but one of these cats was a real <laughs> asshole. Yeah. He was like a real dick, uh, and he wouldn't like go near people, and now he's like super friendly. I kind of like... It's because you... Kinda, I kind of broke him. You did it. Yeah, I really... Like, if you ask my, <laughs> if my partner, she'll say the same thing. She'll be like, yeah, he just... I guess he needed some male energy around the house. Sometimes that happens. Yeah. Well, awesome. Thank you for doing this today. Yeah, thanks for... This was like... Thanks for coming over like an hour after we Facebooked. No, that was that was, that was so perfect. I'm so grateful. Yeah. I'm so grateful because how that... That's, I, I have to include like how that started was is I made an amends for being rude accidentally. <laughs> like we just passed each other at the comedy store and I... My brain didn't process who you were and I was like I don't know who this person is well it's just a very LA that's like the cuntiest thing you can say in LA no no <laughs> you know what like I've you know I've been doing comedy for a while and I meet people and have conversations with people and then totally forget where the fuck I met them and what was the first how did what's the context like I know I know them but I can't remember like a name or like right. a like, did we do a weekend together somewhere or were we, did I do this person's show or like, is it because sometimes comics can be super friendly to people they don't know super well. Yeah. And act like they're friends. And so sometimes I do that like, fuck, is, uh, is this guy my brother? Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but we've had some incredible, very spiritual conversations. Yeah. And yeah. so that's why I actually went to We Spa because of you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, We, we Spa. Uh, yeah. The it's best. the shit. 
I maybe they can sponsor this podcast. A little self love. You should totally try to get them <laughs> to fucking sponsor this podcast. Isn't it the best? You should just do this podcast from Weespa. Genius. Yeah. Like in the in the gender I'll have to maybe I'll well no, you can yeah, do you it do in either gender, area. Gender neutral area. Yeah. yeah. Did you, you know go what? with your lady? Yeah, we did, and we totally loved it. I saw a ton of dicks. It was super fun. That's what guys say. They call it the dick spa. Yeah. It was cr- crazy because it's like, it's one of those things where I had so much fun uh, looking at all those dicks. No, uh, I just had so much fun there. And it's one of those things where I want to invite my other guy friends. But like, I don't know how you invite a guy friend to be like, hey, you want to go to a spa with me so I can see your dick? You know? <laughs> It's so funny. That's really great. Yeah. That's it. That's you should just do it. Just say like, hey. Yeah. I think there's like maybe like two guys I can maybe do that with. Nick Youssef, maybe. I mean, we went to Disneyland together. So that's. So we suppose not out of. Yeah. Out of the question. Yeah. You know, I'm sure Nick's got a great dick. Uh, (laughs) And then. uh, It probably goes with the rest of his body. It's very nice and bronzed and handsome. It's It's probably his dick's probably got a great mustache. He's the he's the most put together human in the world. He he crushes it. Yeah, he really does. Nick was actually probably like my first LA friend. Really? Yeah. Before I moved here, someone because we both like love coffee. Uh, being me being a sober person exactly uh, I and traveling for a living I just started going to all the like best coffee shops around the country right so we totally like hit it off like we ran into each other at a coffee shop through a mutual friend wow yeah and then I asked him like where's the best place to find like records and then like we immediately became like fast friends yeah records and coffee yeah that's, exactly that's pretty much what yeah two dudes who don't drink records and coffee there you go yeah someone call mark maron because yeah. that's <laughs> that was at least a I year mean, of wtf yeah. <laughs> he lives around the block we could go oh. knock on his door <laughs> hey <laughs> for those of you who listen to his podcast we live in i live in highland park with my partner. <laughs> have um what's your favorite coffee bar in the united states what's your favorite madcap coffee? coffee in grand rapids michigan Ooh. yeah it's the best there's a comedy club there called dr grins which okay. is like a really cool club i really like it it's probably one of my favorites and uh they there's that's where i got into the whole like third wave pour over pretentious coffee stuff yeah but it's like it, it's the coffee there is amazing it really like i got it sucked me into like a black hole of coffee that's beautiful yeah that's wonderful do you like just black or um well, I'll do in a place, uh, yeah, at like home, that, I do, do like that. the pour over stuff and all that kind of mm-hmm. coffee, like black. And then like, uh, I was drinking cappuccino and then I'll drink like a cappuccino or cortado, like some like milk based drinks Ooh. too, or I used to drink a lot of them. Now I'm trying to like cut back on that. How many cups were you up to a day? Uh, between like three and four on the road. Which I know isn't terrible, but with that stuff, it's like high octane. Like Yeah. Like a pour over cup of coffee has the most caffeine of anything. And when you're traveling, drinking enough water is a problem. So uh, then yeah. you're just grinding your teeth all day. Yes. And mm-hmm. night. And yeah. night. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. It's crazy. So, okay. So you, you're a comedian. You, yes. um, you are in a program. Yes. Um, how did that all get started? What's that story? Um, 
what, what it was like in the beginning, you mean? Yeah, a little uh, bit. I, uh, <laughs> I grew up in like Staten Island, New York. Uh-huh. Um, I grew up like Irish Catholic. Okay. Like, uh, and I'm dyslexic. I have a mild case of cerebral palsy. I have this thing called static fibrosis, which is like nerve damage in my hands. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So like, uh, grew up in like a super masculine, like, uh, like cops, firefighter kind of middle class world. Always like thought of myself as kind of like an outsider. Didn't really yeah. fit in. Plus I had all those disabilities. So I didn't, I felt different. Uh, I started drinking at like 13. Okay. Uh, a lot of old English forties, mm. yeah, and sour apple blow pops uh, <laughs> uh, to mask the taste of them. Uh, started hanging out in bars when I was sixteen. Uh, Eighteen, went away to college, drinking like my whole. I so I was like drinking like a professional at like sixteen. I would say, okay, but like I pretty much from like thirteen to, I think I was like in my. I, I briefly got sober for like uh 90 days when i was like uh 26 and i realized that i hadn't taken a weekend off of drinking since i was 13 whoa yeah yeah so you just woke up one day and you were like where did that time go yeah so i like i got someone told me i looked i started i had just started doing stand-up when i did that 90 days and someone told me I'd gotten pretty heavy weight wise because like I can blow up when I'm drinking. Yeah. Somebody at the time I had a big afro at the time, uh, like big curl because I had big curly Irish guy hair, uh, (laughs) or um, and someone and I was wearing a western shirt, which were pretty popular at the time. And somebody told me I looked like the kid from Superbad. Ooh. Because Superbad had just come out and there was like billboards of it everywhere, and I was like, oh fuck! And then I went sober for ninety days. And I got, I lost a fuck ton of weight. Like I got Just like. immediately? Yeah. Cause I would ride my bike into New York city every day to go do open mics and stand up. So I would like get up every day, drive, ride my bike to Manhattan and then wow. like lost the weight like that. Wow. And then soon as that 90 days was up, started drinking again, got fat again, went on a tear for a couple more years. I jokingly uh say that like if you think you if you're thinking about taking off some of the days you should probably take off all of the days yep yeah yeah because like regular people don't question like you know maybe maybe i shouldn't drink every other day like they're not negotiating with a calendar as to when they can or cannot drink yeah like oh i'm gonna take off february because i should take a month off drinking yeah you pick february because it's the shortest month yeah i love the january time when people start saying things like oh i'm sober and you're like oh that's really interesting and then they go they go yeah i mean i'm just taking the month off for you know or for lent or something and i was like who does that Uh, that doesn't that i never borderline alcoholics (laughs) or or alcoholics hiding it (laughs) right Trying, trying to act like they're not alcoholics right well how did you experience surrender in that situation like what was um, what was the bottom like? Uh, Christmas Day, uh, I stayed at Christmas Eve drinking with friends all night. It wasn't like I wasn't planning on drinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then my ex-wife, then wife at the time, was like, "Oh, we should go out with these friends," and I didn't really want to, and I wasn't planning on drinking that night. But we went out and uh, like shut a bar down at four o'clock, and then I invited everyone over to my house, and we were up until like seven or eight. 
And then I had to get up to like go do family shit at like nine or ten. Whoa! So like I was on headed uh, on a bus from New York City to Staten Island where I grew up, um, and like we got into this big blowout because we hadn't like bought presents or done any of that shit yet. You know the way alcoholics do. Yeah. Like uh, you know people who care about me the most in my life, and then I didn't like fucking you know didn't take anyone else's like feelings into uh, consideration so we got into this big blowout and all i wanted to do was like get an egg sandwich from like starbucks and she was afraid we were gonna miss the bus and then i got on the bus fucking ac wasn't working it was cranked up hot as hell on the bus even though it was december it was like dying yeah Uh, then we like got to the island and then we like had to stop by cvs to like pick up like gift cards Cards, yeah and gift cards and all that shit and then i ended up throwing up in a cvs parking lot Mm. Uh, and then I spent the whole day in the basement at my aunt's house while everyone was like upstairs having fun. I was on like a couch, like fucking shivering. Whoa. Yeah. And so that was pretty much like, and that wasn't like the first Christmas that that had happened to me. You right. Know? Like it happened to me when I was in, like my, when I was pretty young, I think I might've been like 17 or 18 or maybe even like 19 when that happened. Wow. Like, yeah. So I was just like, that's when I was like, okay, I'm going to take off 90 days. And then about 30 or 40 days into that, I was like, I think I'm going to make this a permanent thing. And then a couple months after that, like I hit an emotional bottom because like my career, because I, then I just turned into workaholism. Right. So like my career got better, but all the problems I had just stayed the same problems. Mm-hmm. And I had a friend who was in this, in the program who told me like, you should just go to a meeting and you'll, it, you'll know if you're supposed to be there like uh, maybe a couple months before I got sober. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, so I did that and the first person spoke and I was like, oh, I do that. And the second person spoke, I was like, oh, I do that. And then the third person spoke and I was like, fuck. <laughs> oh, uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it was like a really great meeting, really nice people and another sober friend uh, who's also a comic who's mm-hmm. in my profession in New York, uh, like took me to the meeting and then like I started doing that and then life started to get a lot better. Awesome. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. What was your most insane moment in and out of recovery? Ooh, in and out of recovery. Most insane moment. Um, I mean, I've been in comedy, like going out. I, you know, I still go out mm-hmm. with the other comedians if they're going to a bar for a drink. And, uh, I'm not like a person who feels like I'm going to drink anytime soon, but I've been in that situation where I'm like in the car with a bunch of guys who've been drinking and then midway they tell the Uber driver, Hey, let's just go to a strip club. And then you're in Cleveland, like kind (laughs) of in hostage in the middle, sitting riding bitch in the backseat of an Uber on your way to a strip club that you weren't planning on going to. And then you have to sit with like guys who are blackout and kind of almost like babysit. Mm hmm. Uh, and then, you know, then you go out to eat afterwards and then you eat terrible food and then you wake up and you feel hungover cause you're out until 4am. Right. Uh, cause I'm like a guy who like, I go to bed at like, I try to get to bed by like one at the latest 12 o'clock and, yeah. and I'm a comedian. So that it's like, is some, yeah. that is some high low cause, cause I find myself like at two, three in the morning being like, okay, now it's time to sleep. Yeah. From, but, because comedy just turns you into a vampire. Yeah. Well, I it, definitely having a, uh, a partner who I live at home with helped change that. 
Like yeah. she's like a person who likes to go to bed early. And then there was a period where uh, my partner works in the film industry. She does. Uh, she's a hairstylist for films. Nice. So uh, there was a you know a period where she was on movies and leaving at like six thirty, and I started getting up at like six thirty and like doing all my work, and I really enjoyed that. Now I generally get up at like eight eight o'clock. That's still that's comedy four in the morning for regular. People. I know that's crazy. Yeah, it's weird, but like I do a lot of morning meetings. And I like morning meetings. Good for you. Yeah. My, the, like, my home group's an 8.30 a.m. meeting. I hate it. I, every morning I wake up and I'm like, why, why the fuck am I doing this? Why? But then I go and it's like a good group of people who I see. And I'm like, oh, yeah, this is why I go. Oh, yeah, home. So you'll, you'll be out there. You'll be having late night pancakes, wake up hungover feeling. That's oh, your most insane moments in. I, I think, yeah, I know. I guess that's not the most, that's not no, the craziest moment. No, but I, you know what? I get that. That's the thing I struggle with daily. Like coming around comedy clubs and, and, and doing shows and open mics, I found myself vaping. And then I was like, oh, I have to stop doing that. So I stopped doing that. And then I found myself taking sneaky drags of cigarettes. Oh, yeah. That is the level that my disease will take me to. It's oh, just totally. like, hey, anything, come on. Anything to knock anything. yourself down a peg. Exactly. You know, late night pancakes, totally done that. I had to text a, a friend a couple weeks ago because I was like, you want to get pancakes? We got pancakes. I woke up the next day at 1 a.m. or 1 p.m. Yeah. And I was like, hey, uh, I think I have a pancake hangover. He goes, me too. I just woke up. Yeah. So it's sort of the... That's also one of the like tough things about comedy. It's because it's like like a program. It's like you want... you There's that fellowship. fellowship, yeah. And like in comedy, it's one of the greatest things about comedy is it's like the, the friends you make and like, you know, I still like if I go to New York City where I started in comedy, I still have like a handful of really close friends and I definitely have one friend who I will always will always go out and we'll hit a diner at the end of the night yeah. and like it's like you get... I love friend, a diner. Yeah, same. And like you get caught, you know, I'll, now I'll get a decaf coffee. Back in the day, I used to get a regular coffee. Ooh, I know. You're such a grown up. I try, I, well, I try. <laughs> that, that's, there's like, I don't mean that in a derogatory no, way. No, no, I mean no. it in like, but I, if I'm being totally honest, like there's tons of places in my life where I still need a lot okay. of work. But like I'm now at this point in my life at 33, becoming a lot more mm-hmm. aware of mm-hmm. like how much of a, giant impact like what I eat has on me and stuff like that yeah. like stuff I would totally just be like no clue or like what things spike my anxiety like if I don't eat enough mm-hmm. my anxiety shoots through the roof mm-hmm. and it's just crazy so what was the most insane thing out of recovery out of recovery I mean fuck anything outside of the bottom uh I mean I've done all so much stupid shit I mean, I've been, I've gotten like blackout in like foreign cities where I don't speak the language, like miles away from where I'm staying. Oh no. Yeah. And like somehow by the grace of God, I always managed to make it back to wherever I was staying. I've done this in like so many different cities around the country. Like when I was younger, when I was in my twenties, I like went, I, when I was in my twenties, I worked at a bar for a year, saved a ton of money and then went like backpacking through Europe. Like, Mm -hmm. just as, like, a cool, like, I want to be Jack Kerouac kind of thing to do. Uh, And it was, like, the fact that I, like, survived that is, like, shocking to me now. Like, looking back in retrospect, it's like a 30-year-old. Like, if I was my younger brother, I'd be like, this kid should not be fucking doing this. Right. You know? Right. Um, 
or I'm trying to think of some other crazy ass stuff I've done. You know, it's it's you it's all yeah, it's all a blur. Yeah, that's that might be the insanity of it. Is yeah, that so many years were a blur. Yeah, pretty much from you know when I was 16, I was hanging out like fucking going shot for shot with New York City firefighters and like slow dancing with like 40 year old moms <laughs> in like Irish bars on Staten Island. <laughs> So like it that that was kind of like my baseline of like that was like a an average kind of like Wednesday or Thursday night when I was at that age. That's so funny. I'm trying to envision this very Ira Glass looking man slipping dancing yeah. with a 40 year old. Well, uh, you know what it is is you just throw 40 pounds on me and my big fat Irish like dock worker's face comes out <laughs> and like you know picture me in an fdny shirt or like a or a guinness t-shirt oh there you go there you go that's the uniform yeah (laughs) how do you make decisions today um uh man how do i make decisions today i try to um i don't know i've been trying to think a lot about um actually about that process especially when it comes to money lately Mm -hmm. because uh i'm i I recently like knocked out pretty much all of my debt yeah thanks yeah i had like i use credit cards uh, a lot when i travel with comedy and i have yeah and i have yeah exactly Mm -hmm. and i i have a frequent flyer program that i constantly use and then i realized that like uh, I was coming home and not like paying off the bulk of it. Like, so like it was adding up and I kept on doing this thing. I'm like, well, when a big job comes in, then I'll pay it all off. Mm-hmm. Or when I get a writing gig, I'll pay it all off. And then I kind of today, actually, while I was uh, journaling, doing my morning pages this morning, I kind of realized that like I was kind of living like I, it was like I was jumping out of a plane and like, I'll figure it out on the way down. You know what I mean? No right. parachute. Like completely understand where it's like no say. Like I have a small savings account now that has mm-hmm. like a backup month's rent in it in case of emergency kind of thing. That's really good. Yeah, but I, you know, there's been periods in my life where I've had like a couple of months in there, and like right now I'm like, so I'm like trying to think about like a lot of that stuff, and a lot of my process is just like trying to like goal set a little bit, mm-hmm. and not in uh, like. So every day I write um, like a handful of things. I write a gratitude list of 10 mm-hmm. things. And then I write like this other small list of a couple different things. Like the tops like serenity prayer. Um, I write. Uh, but one of the things one of the things is God. I write good orderly direction. Mm-hmm. And I try to think of that a lot when I'm making plans. Okay. And then uh, another one is a puddle, a pond, a lake, an ocean. So it's like little things add up to big things. And I try to like... Because I can get um, like information overload. Like if I'm yeah. like, all right, I want to have my hour of stand up ready for, you know, whatever it is. You can get really overwhelmed by that. But mm-hmm. if you look at it in the sense of like, well, I just need to write five seconds of day a day of usable stuff. Right. And then that becomes 30 seconds a week. And then 30 seconds a week is a half hour a year. You know, if you add it up and then a half hour a year is like, okay, every two years I'll have a new hour. That's a beautiful way to look at that. Yeah. Because it does seem daunting. Like it's, it, Stand-up is so daunting, especially like the when you're starting out. You're like, how, how, how the fuck do I do this? How even? And then, you know, then like five, six, seven, eight years go by. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, I do this. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. This is what I do now. Yeah. It's the weirdest feeling in the world. Yeah. To go from sitting on a couch, watching TV, admiring stand-up almost obsessively. Yeah. To, to this is what I do. 
it's such a it's such a source of gratitude and also sometimes sometimes I have to have my comic friends who are um, in the program remind me like remember where you came from like remember look at how much like look at what you've done so far calm down because I'm like I just have to I have to get better I have to get better now now yeah and I have expectations that need to be met now yeah and that's (laughs) that's I think that's a large I feel Mm -hmm. every comic feels that way I don't know a comic who doesn't mm-hmm. feel that way. Right. And I think, uh, there, you know, there's a lot of things that make a comedian and an alcoholic, and a lot, there's a lot of overlap. That Venn diagram is it's very... It's pretty much a complete circle. Yeah. <laughs> it's just... Uh, yeah, and so, like... And that's a thing I need to remind myself constantly, too, because, mm-hmm. like, you know, everything in this industry, the way, or at least for me, has been, like takes a lot longer than I would like it to. Yeah. You know, there are like things in my career that I'm like, and then also just, I really have to remember to be uh, grateful Mm -hmm. because there'll be like things that I'm like, I just need this one thing to happen and then my life gets a little bit, a lot easier. Mm. But then I forget that like, I also do it for a living. Right. So. Right. Come on, buddy. So, and sometimes that can like, you know, you lose sight of how lucky like I can lose sight of how lucky I already am well when we tell ourselves when I can just get this one thing everything will be perfect yeah I know that's 1000% a thing I'm not going to get and I did that for years because I would just be like well as long as I could just get this this type of job or this type of apartment or live in this neighborhood there was always a thing that if I just had it everything would just snap into place yeah and life on life's terms doesn't work that way yeah not for me anyway yeah and I definitely had to kind of learn that the hard way of like thinking I something was about to happen and then having to wait for months yeah for it to you know, or even years, and then it like just doesn't go right. This is the uh, second appearance of a giant cat on yeah. this podcast. No, it's cool. It's all good. We're in his space. <laughs> nah, he's fine. <laughs> What's the most uh, surprising thing you learned about yourself as far as in your recovery process? What was the the thing that you were shocked to learn about yourself? I think I was shocked to learn about myself. Um, Man, that's a tough, that's a, you know what? I think it, it's less like shock to learn and more like things I kind of knew but didn't want to admit to myself. Mm-hmm. Like the kind of person that I am, okay. you know? Like, I don't think I'm a bad guy, but I think like, I I don't think the highest about myself. And I think I like hold myself in a way that like, I seem like I got it together. But right. deep down, I know I don't have, you know, I don't, I don't have shit. If that makes sense. You know what I mean? You probably haven't. Yeah. I mean, like I don't have it. I feel like I don't have it together more than anyone else. If that makes sense. It makes total sense. I don't think that's true. Yeah. I, I, I slept on a pile of unfolded laundry, like a dragon guarding its gold last night. And you're in a, beautiful nice apartment and i yeah, well those are all physical I aspects the, i share this apartment with another person who um <laughs> keeps you together <laughs> not not keeps you together but like is a very together adult like she's an amazing woman uh-huh. and um like i you know i want to be running at the same level as her if that makes sense maybe maybe you're not supposed to be maybe you guys are supposed to run at different levels so you can complement each other 
I think we do complement each other. Yeah. Yeah. And we both have strengths in different yeah, departments. Definitely. I kind of am a per. She tends to, I feel like she might be a little bit more of a warrior than I am. And I probably should be a little bit more of a warrior. <laughs> I have anxiety in certain areas of my life. And in other areas, I'm very good at like being like, it's going to be what it's going to be. It'll either work out or it won't kind of stuff. Yeah, definitely. But also that's the same attitude of like, that's a good attitude to have. Like it's going to work out. But yeah. if you don't have a plan to work it out, then that's jumping out of the airplane without the parachute. Exactly. My my friend Janet always says, if it's not over, or um, if it's not okay, it's not over yet. I don't get that. So like, if it's not, if if it's still shitty, yeah. and if it's still hard, it's just not over yet. Yeah. The end, the end is, it's all right. Yeah. Uh, it's, it, that's funny. Well, that's another thing too. Uh, I've been thinking about like, you're this is the part you're actually supposed to be enjoying because the end thing is the end thing and then yeah, it's over and then it's done uh there's this buddhist monk named Thich Nhat Hanh mm-hmm. uh and he he I was listening to this meditation of him the other day um because I, I get anxiety and that's like a great way my buddy uh, a friend of mine uh was talking about it and I was like oh I, I gotta get into that mm-hmm. and um he was talking about like the the end is death so it's like you should yeah. be in, so when you're in your car driving trying to get somewhere yeah it's like it's like you should be enjoying that because that's like the process of life yeah absolutely i don't um i don't mind traffic that's a weird byproduct of recovery i used to i used oh, to get very God. anxious in my car and i used to get upset yeah and um it helps one that i've admitted to myself that i am a terrible driver and my life has become unmanageable um i am the reason people are screaming (laughs) but also just the other side of it if like we're gonna get there when we get there and maybe there's something i needed to hear on the radio on the way exactly or an accident i avoided yeah i i'm a big thing i'm a big like proponent of like if someone's honking or going nuts in a car like that's just a person who's in pain yeah like that's a person who's like hurting like nobody fucking drives like an asshole who's have who's in, has peace. You know what I mean? Yeah. Nobody honks their horn if they're like a mellow person. Like their life's like they're stressed. They're stressed. They're and having it's like, a tantrum. You can just go. You can give them a wave and let them through and like be like, all right, whatever, dude. Yeah, yeah. I always make a little voice, especially when I'm driving the the sober living van. I'll be like, oh, they're having a very bad day. Like like <laughs> yeah. to a child, and yeah. they all giggle. I'm like, yeah. but that's how it is. That's funny. That's how it is. What is what would you say your level of honesty with yourself and the people around you is? Um, I would say an eight. Like in meetings, I'm like pretty honest. Like mm-hmm. I, or I would say in meetings, I'm probably my most honest. Yeah. And then uh, I would say in my actual life, I'm like very honest, but I do have this one bad habit of like, uh, I have like a huge character defect of like fear that people will get mad at me or people will get upset so i have a tendency to like make things like to embellish just a little bit just to like make a situation not seem as hard or as rough where so nobody else gets mad at anybody else yeah Mm -hmm. you know and that's like a product of like the way i grew up Mm -hmm. and i'm very aware of it and like i try not to do it anymore Mm -hmm. Um, like I really like I'm aware of it and I like try to spot it and shoot it down. Mm -hmm. But every once in a while I'll still 
do it. And I'm like, why the fuck am I doing that? Like, I don't need to, if I'm running late because I wasn't paying attention, I don't need to text a person like an excuse. I can just be like, hey, sorry, I'm running late and just own that instead of being like, oh, my car, I couldn't find my, you know, like the kind of crap that you do. Like, and so I don't do it, I would say, even half as much as I used to, but mm-hmm. it still pops up every once in a while just because that like fear is so ingrained in me. I'm so glad you brought it up because I definitely struggle with that. Your your buddy Nick Yusuf is one of those people you cannot do that in front of, by the way. He will break you down like a shotgun. What do you he, mean? He, he, I've done that little embellishy sort of soften the blow or heighten the situation. Yeah. And he's like, no, you're lying. And I'm like, ah, oh no. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's why I'm friends with that dude is because yeah. he's like a real honest, straightforward dude. Yeah. He does not fuck around with that and he can smell it immediately. That yeah. was, that's one of the sort of defining things I walk into a conversation with him with. It's just like, oh yeah, no, don't, don't like you better leave that defect in the car. Yeah. Like whatever that is. But it's, and it's easy to slip in and out of that. Yeah. And, and it, you know, and human, very human. Yes. But not, nec- lot, not something we can do on the regular. Yeah. And it's all stems mm-hmm. back to my like fear and insecurity about like my status and like not wanting people to be mad at me. And like, yeah, I know it comes from an okay place. You right. Know? Mm-hmm. I want people to, you know, just, we just want to be loved. Yeah, exactly. Well, that gets to the, 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 Number six question, how do you deal with fear and anxiety? Uh, I meditate. Um, I do this thing called Headspace, uh, which is like an app that you can get and you can download it. It's a free app and there's like a 10 day trial on it and then you can pay. And it's like a daily meditation practice. I try to meditate for 20 minutes every day. And like when I'm doing it, I feel a million times better. And when I'm not, I feel real out of control and unmanageable. You told me about this. I'm on an 11 step right now, oh, by the way. Funny. I was, I've been reading Thich Nhat Hanh, like, um, oh, that's as so crazy. part of the, um, it's like an assignment. I have finished this book. So I've been, um, I've been definitely in that space. So I'm going to, I'm probably going to download it the second I leave. Cause I am, it's the best. I've always done martial arts for meditation. Like before I got into stand before stand up, I used to actually teach karate. And Holy so like, shit. So my version of meditation is very physical. It's very intense. It's brief, but it's very intense. And um, I have struggled with kind of moving into comedy and exploring this creative side of my brain. I need to meditate. I just don't know how to do it peacefully. I know how to do it getting punched, which is the weird part. Well, that's good to have in comedy, too. Yeah, that's exactly. You know, definitely. Gary Shandling used to box. Mm-hmm. Uh, CK used to box. There's a lot of comics in New York City. I know like Dan Soder and like Mark Norman and like Mike Vecchione and they all box. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great way to turn. Everything goes. Yeah. Like everything just shuts down and all you have to worry about is objects in space. That's so funny. Um, but that being said, I also need to meditate. Yeah. That's a, that's a thing. Yeah. So. Thank you for that. Yeah, no problem. And then, uh, wait, what was the question? How do you deal with fear and anxiety? Yeah. Uh, my gratitude list. Uh, I write a journal every day. Tick on hot videos on YouTube really calm me down. There's a couple pretty amazing ones on there. I would say those are probably the big ones for me. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. What defects have you had the most difficult time putting down? Oh man. Um. Uh, 
I would say my probably the biggest one is like my follow through. Mm-hmm. Like I have a tendency to like want the reward without the work. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm a kid who grew up watching like inside the actor's studio and shit like that. I'm, like <laughs> dreamt about like being on a cool show like that oh. and being an artist and like all that thing. And like a big part of my drinking was around like uh, I didn't actually create anything and drinking helped me get rid of that anxiety and made me feel like right. I was an ex- like a, a successful artist. Uh, and like to be an artist takes a lot of hard work. Like nobody like and you got to like learn how to love that. So like, you know, I'm not going to say I'm not a hard worker because I'd be lying. But like yeah. there's certain parts of my like I I I tend to like be moving in the right direction and then I f- fall short and then have to like restart. Yeah. And like, you know, whether it be meditation or like those are that's kind of one of my biggest ones is like stick to itness. Follow through. Follow through. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's I get it. Yeah. I definitely get it. Cuz it can, you know, very easily can get overwhelmed and or like just traveling on the road and then you just skip your practices for a couple of days and then you know, there was a big period where even just like well, I was traveling I lived on the road for a year and a half. Mm-hmm. And during that period, like there was periods where I did not get to a lot of meetings. You mm. know what I mean? And yeah. stuff like that. And it's just a lot of like self-care stuff. Yeah. Like doing the things I need to do. And then like also I have a tendency to like put other people first and like put my work to the side kind of stuff. Mm. So I think those are kind of my big ones. The little codependency piece. Oh, Yeah. 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 Yeah, I have those I have those moments where it's like, well, I'm being of service and I'm doing this and it's like, but I've completely forgotten to do the things for me. So now I can't be of service cuz I'm tapped. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and like I need to do those things. Like I need to write stand up for an hour every day. I need to meditate every day. I need to get to a yoga class like at least 3 or 4 times a week. Mm. Yeah. I love yoga. Yeah, I'm I, I'm a giant proponent of it. Like, uh, I it gets me out of my head for an hour. You yeah, know? it's just an hour where I'm not thinking for the most part. If I'm going regularly and like keeping a regular practice, because when I don't go regularly, then when I do it the whole time, I'm just like I fucking hate this. It's an hour of head screaming, and it's yeah. so just different, like physically demanding yeah. and like not enjoyable. But when I go regularly, it's not as hard. And like I can enjoy the physical practice of it. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. What? How do you experience forgiveness? Oh man, um, I think a lot of it's just like letting go, and like I think it's similar to the car thing. Yeah. Where it's just like that person's in pain, you just can't, you know, can't fix it. Can't fix it. Yeah. Can't stop it. Can't fix it. Yeah. Exactly. And I've like had you know some real experiences of like in my life that I was just like, well, you did all you can do. Like what? Um, just like relationship stuff in my past relationships where mm-hmm. it was just, just like, you know, you want, you can't stay, you know, people are going to be who they are and you can't change them. And, and like, you can't make anyone anything they don't want to be, you know what yeah. I mean? Kind of stuff. Yeah. And, uh, and like sometimes people do things because they're who they are and they're going through their own shit. And it's like, 
they do things that might hurt you, but also they're, they're, they're not doing it. You know, they're doing it because they got their own bag of problems. Right. And we have the choice whether or not to hang out and take it or walk away. Yeah. I, you know, it's like you got an, at a certain point in a relationship, you got to like know your worth and like realize like, oh, this isn't healthy and I deserve better or not yeah. better, not better, but like, or yeah, better, you yeah, know, better, like different. Yeah. You, you know, you deserve to be treated how you, you want to be treated. Yeah. And I think a lot of times in those situations too, you just got to think like, is this the life I want for myself? Yeah. And it's like, oh, this is what I want my life to be. Then you got to make hard decisions and like a lot of self care. Yeah. And like self love and like it can be difficult. It's scary. Yeah. It's scary. Especially when the bottom line is, am I loved and accepted? And when you get into that space where self-care is facing that fear of whether or not I am loved and accepted where you have to just walk through it and go, you know what? I'm all right. Yeah. We're okay. I've I've got a sponsor. I've got a program. I've got God in my back pocket. I don't need this, whatever this is, this job, this friendship, this relationship, you know, whatever. Yeah. And, but it's, (laughs) Oh yeah. It's never (laughs) at the time. It's a swamp, but the other side of it's empowering. Oh man, my, my life right now is pretty amazing and it's cause yeah. I had to walk through a lot of really brutal stuff to get here, but I wouldn't change it for anything. Yeah. What was the, was the big cliff? I mean, I went through a divorce yeah. since I've been sober and that was pretty nuts. Um, and just like a shit ton of growing up I needed to do, you know? Yeah. You're not sleeping on a pile of your laundry. Uh, <laughs> it's funny you said that. And like, I, that's a total thing I used to do in my drinking yes. days. I just have to sleep on it. a pile of laundry and like sleeping with no sheets on the bed. Oh, that's the one I always have. I wash my sheets every week. And oh, nice. nice well, sheets I mean, on the bed. Come I, on, that's a pretty adult thing. You got to give yourself a pat on the yeah. back. Oh, totally. One. Totally. I just got a little behind this week with the rest of it. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, sheets on the bed is really important. That's, yeah. that's an indicator. I once, um, Walked into a gentleman's apartment and, um, gentlemen's, uh, you're probably, I have a feeling you're being nice calling this guy a gentleman <laughs> after the story I'm about to hear. Yeah. I walked into his apartment and I saw, um, he's not, I mean, he's one of us, but he's not one of us. And, um, there is just, I look around and I go, Oh, this is an alcoholic. And I hadn't really known it. I mean, I did, but yeah. I didn't up until that point and I look around and there's just paper and like money like a sack of money and like and like um just empty bowls of cereal milk plates on the floor yeah. plates on the floor mattress on the floor no sheet and I looked around and I said I mean this do you want to clean before anything else happens because I feel like I feel like and I should have just walked away yeah I should have just walked away but I knew just looking in the environment I was like oh I've been here yeah and then what ended yeah that sounds like my apartment from like (laughs) 2003 till uh, yeah a couple of years ago and and what happened was is uh we uh uh, attempted to make out this is a this is a real down and dirty story but whatever I'm human 
And uh, then he basically got real upset and started telling me how he's still in love with his ex-girlfriend. Then we cleaned his room. Then we cleaned his room. That's what happened. And I called my sponsor and I said, I need to go to (laughs) Al-Anon. That is funny. And we're good friends to this day. (laughs) Yeah. Jeez Louise. Yeah. (laughs) That's funny. Yeah. That's... um, it's like the kind of my my friend tells me uh, I'm the kind of woman you could get naked and cry in front of. Yes. That's. <laughs> Oof. I mean, I'm trying to think of a good thing. I guess you know you went to Al-Anon, He got his room cleaned. It all worked out. It all out. worked out. It's yeah. you know it's I there's yeah I used to look at my life as a series of mistakes, but why? Yeah, that's so dumb. That's, yeah, that's a rough way to look at your life. Yeah, very black and white, pass, fail, this is a mistake or it's not. And, and the truth is, is that was an uncomfortable experience. It's funny as hell. Yeah. I've read about it in about 10 different ways. I've never found a way to make it work on stage, but oh, it's yeah, the will, funniest it's, thing in the world. at some point. <laughs> that will eventually work itself out. Everyone has those white whale bits. They just hold on like, how do I make this thing funny? And you know it's funny, but... yeah. I mean, I got a ton of those. I had jokes about like my room when I, in my drinking days, like literally empty bowls of cereal milk, mm-hmm. like, and how I like have lost more than one iPhone to just like putting just it down milk. by cereal <laughs> milk. <laughs> it's like, oh, is it water damage? No, it's milk. Yeah, it's, it's milk. Uh, it's uh, fruity pebbles yeah. and uh, not even healthy cereal. No. <laughs> Yeah. When I was using it, I went through a hardcore raisin brain crunch phase. I think everyone has the cereal phase. Well, it's the easiest thing to eat. Yeah. It's like th- this takes almost no effort. Yeah. I mean, I got three boxes right there, but they're all. Look they can... at those cereals, though. Yeah. They're those all, are grown up cereals. They are all very grown up cereals. You're, you're killing it. Yeah. What uh, what's was the most difficult amends you had to make? Oh, shit. Um... Oof. I mean, I, probably some of the more difficult ones I still need to make, if I'm being honest. Ooh, okay. Yeah, like there's... Why are you putting them off? Uh, ooh, just haven't seen the people since, you know, okay. one of those kind of situations. Like, oh, this is something I'm going to have to do in person kind of stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Really just probably like... Well, yeah, probably... Yeah, it's just kind of like in-person thing. And then it's also those like, well, is this, I I probably can make an amends for this, but also like, do, is it a person that I like, will this be good for either one of us kind of situations? Will it injure it? them yeah. or others? Yeah, just kind of like, it might be better to just let this sleeping dog lie kind of thing. What does your sponsor say? I'm sponsorless at the moment. <gasps> I know, I just lost my sponsor. Um what was it like uh two or three weeks ago and we were like going through i think i was on on four and like lost my sponsor we gotta get you a sponsor i there's a dude who i'm from my home group who i really like who i'm probably gonna ask uh we're supposed to get coffee tomorrow or the next day yeah so that when i was like talking to you earlier when I was like, yeah. I got, I'm waiting for, uh, let me let you know in like an hour. I was like waiting for a call. Oh, perfect. Yeah. So, and it was like one of those 
things of like sometimes you pick us like I, I have a tendency of mm-hmm. like sometimes I pick a sponsor who's like a person who I like I'm like oh, okay this person I've never picked the I've never made the decision of like I've never feel like I've picked the like I've never made the smart move <laughs> or does that make sense like I've had three sponsors uh my first one was really cool but also it was like I think she was like going through a lot at the time mm-hmm. and um then my second one was really cool but I was traveling so much with stand up and he was a uh, really nice guy but like I just I I know ne- I've never picked anyone with like a huge amount of time and I think I need that like older kind of okay. dude figure who's got like 15 or 16 years. Oh yeah. Yeah, and my last one I picked actually had like probably just a little bit less time than me. Interesting. Yeah. But like I it was that thing of like all right, you've been living in LA since January. Mm-hmm. You, uh, and like really like February is when I settled in. And I'm like, you still don't have a sponsor. And like, yeah. granted, you've been traveling all the time. But like the next dude you hear who shares about like, who's like talking about the solution and like seems like he has a good program. And I was at this meeting where everyone was just wild energy and crazy. And <laughs> this one dude shared and I was like, all right, that dude. There you go. And then it like turned out to be like, good person but probably not the person for me it wasn't like a person who i'd want to hang out with oh, you know what i mean okay. i kind of feel like it's the per you know how you're like it should be a person who has what you want yeah and like the more i hung out with them i, I wasn't like inclined to like pick up the phone to call that person Does yeah that makes sense totally and then like i went on the road traveling and then he was just like yeah, you need someone you can work with over the phone. Yeah. Because you travel for yeah. your job. So that you'd yeah, be like I've an had, upfront I, thing. Yeah, and in the past I've mm-hmm. had a, uh, my, my first sponsor, she was great at that, like being on the phone and like doing book work. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. You'll, well, I've had, uh, in my early recovery, I had a sponsorship change and I went, um, there were all these women I really admired. I took them to lunch and then they were like, are you interviewing us <laughs> a little bit? Cause I had this sort of kind of what we're doing here. I would just ask them a lot of questions and um, see what they had going on. And they all had the same sponsor and they said, why don't you ask her? That's incredible. Yeah. And then a few years later I was living in long beach and um, I had gone through phases. How much time do you have? Three and a half years. Right. I've gone through phases where I went through a phase where I wasn't going to enough meetings. And, oh, yeah. I've, um, I've totally been notorious. It's it's the two things. I see this a lot. Either folks won't have a sponsor or they won't go f- to enough meetings. And it's it, both places are dangerous. They're dangerous. You have to have both in effect. I have a buddy right now. Every time I see him, I'm like, when, do, when are you going to get a sponsor? And he's just like... Oh. Especially because yeah, he joke hits on me every time. He's like, he's like, hey, baby. I'm like, yeah, get a sponsor. Yes. Yeah. I, I don't need any of this yeah. mess. Beat it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's. But the second time I uh, was kind of stalking these, these two women, I sort of figured out what other meetings they went to. And then I had a falling out with my previous sponsor who I was long distance with. 
and which was totally fine. It was meant to be. We were too far apart for so long. Yeah. And um, then we, I went to the meeting. I said, okay, God, if I see Debbie first or if I see Kathy first, I'll just ask them immediately. Because I nice. liked, they both had very different things going on and they both had like 20 something years. Hell yeah. And then I walked in and they weren't there. It was the first time in a year I had not seen either of them at that meeting. It was the weirdest experience. <laughs> And so then I went, yeah, my higher power is the best sense of humor. It's That's like pretty funny. Pretty fun. And then the, the second uh, Tuesday, I went to a, uh, a meeting and I walk in and there's just Kathy alone. And that was, and I just walked in and asked her. That's great. And um, I think we're all meant to kind of, every sponsor that's come into my life has taken me through something different. Yeah. You know, and, and again, there, there hasn't been a perfect sponsor. Yeah. Although the lady I'm working with right now is pretty darn close to perfect. She's yeah. amazing. But everybody's taking me through what I need to do in that time for my recovery yeah. and my growth. Yeah. And I'm very lucky that I do have like, like one or two close friends who are like people who I did my like heyday drinking with. Okay. Who like my best friend lives out here and he's got nine years and nice. like I constantly, we constantly like we take walks almost like once or twice a week and like Aww. we talk all about the program and each other and our lives. And so it's like, I have somebody who, is like pretty damn close to it in him. Nice. Well, that's good. That's like a touchstone that like is a person I can call whenever I need. And like, he's like an encyclopedia of like the program. Like he's a guy who knows the big book better than anyone I've ever met. And it's like, so I'm very lucky. And it was also really nice when I first moved to Los Angeles to have him because he already had done a lot of it. Nice. Yeah. That's amazing. So yeah. you're going to, it's all going to work itself out. Yeah. This one dude who I think is going to be a solid dude. Yeah, that's that's good. Yeah. I'm excited for you. Thanks. It's a big deal. Yeah. So you've mentioned this a lot, like your day-to-day is prayer and meditation and writing and a meeting and you're doing all the things. You're firing on all cylinders. When on a good day, I am, yeah. What's a bad day look like? Uh, whew, uh, bad day is uh, get out of the house before I journal. Uh, get at or or don't don't go to a meeting um and there's some some good days i don't end up getting to a meeting but like i do all the other things you know i do the meditate i do the journal if i don't write my gratitude the risk and i don't write a journal and i don't do it for a couple days that's like a huge red flag to me of like hey buddy you're out of control right now or you're not like taking care of yourself so it's like it's pretty easy to spot the signs now of like you're pushing yeah. things off. And a lot of it's like, it's fine to do it one day if we're going to like Disney. You know what yeah. I mean? But like, it's really easy for me to like, then turn it into two days. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They build on themselves. Yeah. And a lot of times it'll be like traveling on the road stuff or I'll come back from the road and I'll be exhausted. And it's a lot of like, a lot of it's the computer. Oh Just yeah. Just being on the computer. I took the news off my phone. Because oh. I could, because it would, could send me into a spiral. Well, so yeah, especially right, right now, now, the news is it's, unpleasant. It's brutal. <laughs> uh, I mean, it, yeah, it's crazy. So I took the news off my phone. I took Facebook off my phone. That's a huge one. I've done that. Back uh, and forth. I only have the Messenger app on my phone, so that like people can message me if they want to get in touch with me. Uh, and, but I can get stuck on the computer for hours. Mm-hmm. And that's usually like, that's, that's a bad day is like, and it's tough because I can be like workaholic. And when I become like a workaholic, that's when it, so it's like, 
I have to find the healthy balance of like write for an hour. That's all you got to do. Write for one hour, send a couple emails, go do something, get out of, and if I don't get out of the house is a big one. Well, there's a, I, I will say that balance is the is the constant struggle of long term recovery. Yeah, I mean it's that's I mean that's really that's the marathon yeah. that I've been running for a long for a while, and um, it's interesting in comedy because there's this reverence for a lack of balance. So that guy who writes eight hours a day and goes to nine hundred mics or gal, and yeah. you know does all the things and. And yeah, but like, who, who, who who are they performing for? Other comedians <laughs> writing jokes for other comics? Like, right? There's a yeah, that's so unhealthy. Yeah, yeah. So like, uh, I uh, I have to. I really surrendered to. I have to exercise often in order to think. Yeah, nothing good comes out of my brain if I'm not getting seven to eight hours of sleep. That's and that's a must for me. Yeah. And and a little bit of exercise. And I wrote a, I wrote dropped a barbell in the gym to write a joke yesterday. That's like, great. Like it was. Yeah, I'm I'm a big proponent of like when I'm at my healthiest is when I'm the most productive mm-hmm. artistically. Mm-hmm. So like if I'm like meditating, exercising, taking care of myself, getting up early, journaling, doing all the things I need to to write for an hour isn't that hard. Right. Uh, but when I'm not doing it, writing becomes like this insurmountable task you know yeah. what i mean it just becomes impossible right step work feels that way sometimes i think too when people get out of the sink of step work it's sort of like yeah. Ooh, like this is such a a mountain to climb it's like no just write it just do it yeah, yeah just it's <laughs> nike do the thing uh, yeah <laughs> you know that thing you're worrying about and, if you did it you won't worry about it <laughs> and, and you know that's my, that was my therapy. I used to have a therapist in New York City mm-hmm. uh, uh, who was an addiction specialist. Where he's like, "Oh yeah. yeah, you just do the." He goes, "You know what you do?" And I'm like, "What?" And he goes, "Just do the thing, and then you won't have that problem anymore." You know, like yeah, like when it would come to like writing jokes or writing scripts or just like he was like, "Yeah, it's really easy. You just start doing it." And, he, and, <laughs> and like he was like, "If you just do it, then it's not a problem anymore. You're not like a person who." has a hard time doing these things because you're doing it. So just do it. Right. We fall. I think I've definitely I, fallen in love with the worry. You fall in love with the worry and the thoughts and the obsession. Oh my God. I heard this thing yesterday. I, one of my favorite podcasts is this guy named Brian Koppelman. Hmm. He was the screenwriter of the movie rounders. He's the okay. showrunner of that TV show billions. And I went back and re-listened to a bunch of my favorite episodes in the past two or three days. Like of like, just people who I like really remember like, oh, that was a good one. I like this person. And one of the ones I listened to was Tony Robbins, ah. uh, which is so funny. Like, say, I feel like that guy has a really bad stigma around him. Yeah. I watched his documentary recently and I listened to that podcast and he's like, oh, this is a guy who's genuinely trying to help people. Yeah. Uh, and um, he said a thing in it where he was like, uh, a lot of people have dirt roads to happiness, but highways to anxiety. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's me. That is, oh, that's great. I like, here's the thing with Tony Robbins. Whatever that stigma is, the people, a lot of people whom I really love, love Tony Robbins. So yeah. it's one of those things, it's like, okay, cool. Yeah. 
it's it's not it's not every guru is for everybody yeah well he even said the name I'm, of his documentary is i'm not, not a guru, guru. have you watched it yet i watched it the other day oh that's on my cue it was yeah it was i would totally recommend it Ooh. and it's like it's really it's a guy who's teaching a program of action to people who have a hard time getting in action so it's like yeah you know some of his methods might not be for everybody but like you know some of the things he does i mean he, he feeds like millions of people a year from his own pocket like he's just like a good human being yeah it's weird but yeah. like i love i i love podcasts too i like there's like a handful that I listen to that do calm me down and stuff Yay. like that. So like I'll listen and when you're on the road, you can get lonely. So sometimes I'll like listen to ones that are my friends just to like feel Aww. like I'm around some people. That's nice. Yeah. Podcasts. I, yeah, the, I definitely came to podcasts through loneliness and traffic or loneliness and a, um, cleaning my house or yeah. something. And I've always loved radio as a, a media. So. Yeah, I was a big Ira Glass, This American Life kid. Yeah. And when in my early 20s. Uh, yeah. And audiobooks too. That's another thing. Uh, self-help books. I love self-help books. Oh, I oh. wish I could get into that. Oh, I love them. <laughs> I love them so much. What's your favorite one? Um, oh, fuck. Um, what's my favorite one? Yeah, probably uh for writing and comedy kind of stuff. Okay. Uh, the War of Art. Okay, it's phenomenal. It's all about resistance and like the ways to overcome it. Nice. And so it's all about just like just sit down in the chair and like do it. Like it's kind of like just do it. It doesn't have to be good. And just the process of showing up and doing it, it'll get better and you'll get better. Yeah. It's kind of like the gist of the book. And it's just like short little like each chapter is like maybe a page, two pages and you can like blow through it in like a day or two. And it's pretty great. Love it. Yeah. That's one of my favorites. That's also, awesome. The Art of Happiness by the Dalai Lama. Aww. Yeah. is like one of the, the greatest books I ever read. There's a thing in that that like I is one of the things I write down every day in my like my like list of things that I write to remind myself, which is just because something gives you pleasure doesn't mean it'll bring you happiness. Uh which was like a huge learning lesson for me. Like it, like now when I think it, like it changed the way I think about food a lot. Cause I would like, you know, I have like, I can do some thoughtless eating mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So like, and just like, just a lot of things in my life, like the way I spent, just the way I live my life, like, okay, this might be enjoyable, but am I going to actually get happiness from this down the line? Right. And sometimes the answer is yes. Like going to get ice cream with friends. Yeah. Who just moved to town. Like this is a long-term happiness thing. Yeah. You should be able to celebrate good times with ice cream, but you also shouldn't get ice cream every day. Yeah. That's, that's, that's so true. Yeah. So true. That's, uh, there's after roast battle, there's a bit of a hang that we do. We end up going to a diner Oh, cool! And every week. I'm like, just get coffee or just get this or just get that. And it's a whole meal. Yeah. every time and it's sort of like okay well is this fellowshipping is this or or how do i moderate in this and, yeah and it's just i want to spend the time with my friends yeah i want to spend the, i want to you know it's sit around su- and be nerdy and talk about mean jokes together it's but, super important mm-hmm. uh another good book is the power of habit okay. and it's like how to like change little habit things 
okay. in your life. And that's a pretty great one. And that guy also wrote, wrote a book called uh, Better, Faster, Stronger. That's also really great. I've heard of this. Yeah, they're both two New York Times bestselling books. They're pretty incredible. Are you also you... the obstacle is the way Ooh, that's another great one. That's, this is great. I yeah. love this. Yeah. Are you a, um, do you recommend the audio or the, the, the... I'm a, I'm dyslexic. So I audio book is always the best okay. for me. Do you, um, were you into self-help books prior um, to getting into recovery or, Oh, uh, huh. I'm trying to think, I mean, I would say I probably started getting into those kind of books around like creativity and mm-hmm. like ways to do it around the time I started doing stand up. So it wasn't long after that I got sober. Okay. So the, the, I, I don't know. The line's blurry on when I started actually doing it. You were an answer seeking person no matter what. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So what's your relationship with God like? Um, my really, I have a higher power. I kind of believe in like uh, a lowercase g. I like that. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I uh, don't know what's going on, but I know it's a thing. Yeah, there's something (laughs) out there that's bigger than me. And I kind of subscribe to like the quantum mechanics physics kind of thing where it's like you break everything down and eventually it gets to these small particles that we don't understand. But it's kind of believed by science now that everything somehow is kind of linked together. Yeah. And so like kind of big picture, we're all the one thing. We're all like that one big thing and everything's kind of connected and that's God. There you go. So like, you know, person in pain is just like a part of me that's also in pain. Right. Kind of thing. Right. Makes it easier to like let stuff go. Totally. And it's also a lot like I don't have to worry about somebody or something in the sky judging me. Yeah. Where it's like I can just like put out like my intention and like try to be like a good energy and like messenger of like mm-hmm. what I'm trying to live and just like that'll come back to me. I told a friend recently, um, your only requirement for your higher power is that they be kind and loving. Yeah. And um this wrathful, angry, judgmental God that you're you're explaining to me is not adequate. So why don't you borrow mine or someone else's? Yeah. This is a gnarly God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a very Catholic school God. Yeah, yeah. And I got, you know, I, I got nothing against Catholicism. Yeah, did you, you didn't come into the program with any uh, religious I can't, hangups? I can't, uh, I came in an atheist. Wow. Ah, that's then, sometimes a, just a total blessing. Just yeah, to come in I, with. I came in an atheist. I was brought up Catholic, uh, became an atheist, and then, then became an agnostic. Mm-hmm. And now I have the higher you know i used to have the joke uh, what was it i'm an agnostic which means i don't believe in god but i do believe i could be wrong i've made a lot of mistakes in my life yeah Uh, like i used to think shaquille o'neal was the greatest rapper of all time wow (laughs) (laughs) i haven't told that joke in a couple of years because my viewpoint on that has changed in the past couple of years but you know it's a thing of like i don't know and it's like but I do know that, like, there is something. Yeah. Like, and it might, it's, you know, what it is is, like, not up to me. And it's not, I don't care to, you know. I don't, I don't need to know. Yeah, exactly. I don't need to know. Initially, we need, it. there's, I, I love that first year where it's, like, a lot of folks really need to know. 
Yeah. And I don't I don't need to know. I've never needed to know. I think that helps a lot. Yeah. You know. And the first time I heard that uh, little G, big mm-hmm. G thing, that helped me out a lot. I was just yeah. like, oh, I'm going to take that and I'm going to use that. Yeah. Because it makes it a lot like it's an easier pill to swallow. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. What's your favorite way of being service? My favorite way of being of service. Um, hmm. Uh, man, I... I, I like being a person that people can call. Like there's definitely, um, uh, and feeling like, Oh, people are reaching, you know, like, yeah. I like a stabling force. I like being like a person that someone can be like, Hey, can we go for a walk or can we get a coffee? And like when I, I, you know, I don't mind being the guy that someone calls when they're kind of like spinning it out. Yeah. You know, or like they're having like an, Oh fuck moment. I kind of, right. It's nice to be like, to know that like, Sometimes I can't see my piece, but maybe other people can. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so if other people are looking for a little bit of peace and they're reaching out to me, it's like a big relief for me. Yeah. It's like, oh. Um, so no, that's my my <laughs> phone ringing. Sorry. Do you need uh, to get it? No, no, no. no I can okay. call the person back. It's okay. Okay. Um. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. Those are all my questions. Oh, dope. Do you have any questions for me? Um, uh, is this always comedians who are sober? Um, Not always, but it's been, it's the first episode as a musician. You know, uh, TSOL? No. Oh, it's an old punk rock band from California. Uh, um, I grew up on the East Coast, so if it was like... An East Coast punk band, maybe I would have known him. Oh, he's amazing. He, uh, this guy named Jack Grisham, he's written a few books about recovery. Oh, um, but yeah, I, I actually need to switch it up. I need some other people. <laughs> Comedians are just all that I know now. Yeah. It's, uh, it's completely taken over my life. So, yeah. um, but I have, uh, I've interviewed a marriage and family therapist oh, and, cool. um, just a few, you know, uh, it's a good friends. How was the joke ratio? Did I make enough? I feel like I was kind of low end Comedians on the Comedians always ask that. My the, the best part about this is this is a low, um, you don't have to be funny. Yeah, good, because I'm not. You're very funny. You're very, you're very kind. You're very delightful. And um, people should look you up. Oh, yeah. Feel free to look up my comedy. I don't have a ton of stuff on YouTube, but I'm trying to change that. What's your Twitter? J F Harris underscore comedy. Nice. And you're on the you're on the Facebooks, but you can't you you, you can only message him. Yeah. (laughs) And and I have a fan page out there. And then uh, my website is jfharris.com. Nice. And then I have a bunch of tour dates on there. If people want to come out and see me do live stand up. Uh, I'll be in San. I'm headlining San Jose Improv in the end of September. I'll be at Cleveland at Hilarities, Rochester, Minnesota, and then like just a tear across the Midwest, like from Pittsburgh to Madison, Wisconsin. Wow! In the middle of the month, yeah. Wow. Do you like that? Do you like being on the road? Uh, I love doing stand up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, there's ways to do the road that it's very like peaceful and nice, and mm-hmm. then there's ways to do it where it's like going out for a two week straight tear can like that's a thing that can like screw up your serenity mm. when you're like traveling every day and stuff like that, and you're getting on a tour bus and it's like, oh, 
It, yeah, yeah. I know that's weird to be like tour bus, Ugh. but like, yeah, no, you know, it's hard to journal when there's one small table for one person to sit at and someone sitting at it in the morning and it's like, well, there's nowhere to write my journal right now. So I guess I'll wait until five hours and then it's in the, you just pulled into town and you got an hour to get ready before the show. I have a little tiny travel journal that I keep in my purse. Nice. So yeah, I use this big Shinola Detroit one. Yeah. That I do three pages in every morning. Ooh. Artist way. Another great self-help book. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. You're great. Um, thank thanks you so much for, yeah, for doing this. Yeah, thanks for having this. me. This is super hero. fun. What? And, yes. Come on. Of course. And if, you ever, uh, if you're ever lonely and sad out there, give me a call. Absolutely. I love taking calls too. Yeah. You're the best. All right. Thanks, thanks so much.